Welcome into this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. I am joined once again by my two favorite co-hosts on the north side of the state, who I think has moved in officially into a new place now. It is Zach Mikosh, Deputy Site Manager. How are you, sir? I am doing well, and it is. It is official as of this past weekend. I now live as close to Wyoming as you practically can without actually being in Wyoming. But it's good. I'm enjoying it. So hopefully the sound will be good. First time recording now in the new place as well. So if it's bad, it's I apologize. Rain. It's it's a huge empty place, so you're fine. <laughs> it's right. Yeah. Well, there's lots it's of like boxes. A hall. You know. The other voice on the other line, of course, is Gordon Gross, senior writer for Denver Stiffs. Gordon, what's going on? Not much. I haven't moved to houses, so I'm doing fine. I've been to your place. You have a nice place, man. Yeah, uh, thanks. It's good. It's good. And and one of my favorite places in your house is the the den that you have where you play video games and and watch movies and stuff. Yeah, beanbag chairs, video games, movies. It's a good deal. Is that where you watch Nuggets games? Uh, I don't have cable, so I watch them on my laptop. Mm, yeah, <laughs> totally I, I stream like from Slovakia because <laughs> I'm cheap. Uh, yeah, Comcast, get your shit together. Come on now, right? Uh, it's it's been brutal. Uh, Gordon, we sent you off on assignment last week. You actually covered Korean baseball. Uh, that's why you weren't on the podcast. I would last do that, week. so that's totally fine. Like I, baseball's yeah, exactly. my jam. They were the uh, only the... sport in business. Well, and, uh, like, there were some Korean players for the, the Seattle Mariners, which are my basket, my baseball team. Um, so I'm actually fairly familiar with the Korean leagues. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad that we sent you then. Um, yep. What Zach and I talked about last week on the program was which player – we're, we're basically doing several segments of off-season preview. The first segment was which players on the Nuggets roster are going to be back – which players are not going to be back. And the conclusion that we kind of came to together was that the guys who are going to be back for sure, almost 99%, are Murray, Porter, Jokic, Monte Morris, Bull Bull, and Vlaco Chanchar. Yep. Most most likely back is Jeremy Grant, Will Barton, and Keita Bates-Diop. Who yep. we think they will bring back is P.J. Dozier and Noah Vonleh. And who we think is Ooh, gone. Oh, you guys went with Vonway, huh? Okay. Yeah. Who we think is gone is Troy Daniels, Paul Millsap, Mason Plumley, Tory Craig, and Gary Harris. What are your immediate thoughts there on that list? The only guy that jumps out to me as probably not gone would be Gary Harris because they'd have to find a trade partner. And that's hard to do since he wasn't able to prove the last half of this year. Uh, assuming that the year's over. You know, I, I'm not sure that they can get Gary Harris at his price point. Um, to a different team for someone that they trust more. Um, Gary Harris, when healthy, is still a good defender. Um, they still don't have any other good point guard defenders. So um, he still fills a niche, even if he's overpaid for that niche, even if he's a backup, if, if he winds up going to the bench and you start Will Barton at the two and you move Gary Harris um, into a bench role, he's still providing a service for you that you may not be able to get somewhere else for that same price, so... I'm not sure Gary goes, but I can see all the other ones going, yeah. Zach, was that the the general conclusion that you came to as well? I kind of wrote this on the fly just as kind of remembering the conversation that we had. I'm going to go ahead and say yes because uh, 
I mean, I don't really remember those. He doesn't remember those last week. We don't study for this. We don't remember what we said. I find out in the morning after the podcast what I was talking about. It's always very educational. Well, I'm glad. Uh, This particular podcast, if you haven't read the title, is going to be about 2020 trade targets. I sent a picture in the group chat uh, for between Zach and Gordon and I of the five primary star names. And the first comment that I got back from that by Gordon was, I hate you, LOL. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. So you can imagine just how uh, just how exciting these names are and how how polarizing a lot of these names are. So we're going to we're going to get into that. Guys, are, are you ready? I'm yeah, no ready. Time like the present. Uh, the first name is Bradley Beal. And Bradley Beal is the name that I think most people associate with the Nuggets trading for a star. Most talked about, yeah. Uh, certainly the most talked about, certainly the most uh, visible name based off of the the rumors that have been in and around the team. Uh, Tim Connolly has connections to the Washington area. He was considered for the Washington president of basketball operations position before signing with Denver. Uh, Bradley Beal and the Nuggets kind of feel like a match made in heaven for some people. Uh, Zach Lowe has been pushing that consistently for about 12 to 18 months. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's it's one of those things that if if you have your if you have your two bits about it, if Bradley Beal was on the Nuggets next to Nikola Jokic, the Nuggets would probably be a championship contender, am I wrong? Yeah, they'd definitely be right there. I mean, that, and that's the thing about I think Bradley Beal uh, why he's talked so much about is he's the most talented player who you can see as feasibly being on the trade market. Obviously, when he signed his extension, he was kind of he was taken off the market yeah. this season, but now he'll be back on the market. And there's not a ton that's changed about Washington's situation. I mean, unless you're a believer in John Wall, and it's kind of hard to be considering the injuries coming off of and the shape he was in even before that, like. Bradley Beal seems widely available. He's he's averaging thirty points a game this year. Like that guy is by far the best player that they can they could possibly get. So yeah, if you can add a guy like that, you know you can you are certainly getting one of the three or so stars that you need to compete for a championship. It, it still raises the question about whether or not Jamal Murray um, can be that third guy, and or or is there another guy, Michael Porter Jr. or whoever on the roster, um, or that they could trade for. To get there, but he definitely starts putting you more in the conversation. I think people would really have to uh, consider the Nuggets a, a finals contender, not a favorite, maybe, but um, at least a contender if they had Bradley Beal. What my concern with it is is still how you get him. Like I don't I don't know that you you can't trade Gary Harris and Will Barton. That's not going to get you Bradley Beal. Like, what are you offering Washington? Because right now they're they're not in salary cap hell. Like they can't actually remake their roster because they're screwed with the John Wall thing. <clears throat> but they're not paying a bunch of money for it either. Like that's why they could sign Brett O'Beal to an extension. That's why they were offering him a long term deal that he didn't want because he doesn't trust them. Um, so they're they're not in the situation they were in two years ago, say, where they were really up against it salary wise when they had Otto Porter and they just paid him and you know they went through all of right. that. That stuff, and then they they just demolished their cap, and they were paying two centers like twenty five, thirty million dollars, you know, to both be backups. Like it wasn't good. 
they the the Wizards were not in a good situation, and they're not in that situation now. They are not forced to trade him to save their owner thirty million bucks in luxury tax. That's not where they're at. So if you want to get Bradley Beal, you better come with an offer because yes, I think he's gettable, but I don't know that he's gettable for the price that Denver's willing to pay. Like they're not going to do you know um, Gary Harris, Will Barton, three picks, and Michael Porter Jr. or whatever. Like they're not doing that. Um, so the Nuggets or you, the Wizards? The Nuggets aren't doing that. The Wizards would take that. I think they would. I think that sounds like a a pretty enticing <clears throat> deal if I were the Wizards. Um, but you're probably right. I think in this situation, Gary Harris, Will Barton, and three or four first round picks is probably still not enough. Even though I think if you're if you're the Washington Wizards, I think you could probably. Um, entice yourselves into saying okay hey will barton is a dmv guy he could be he could be a part of our future or at least the near future while john wall's coming back we're probably not going to be good anyway so let's at least just stock up on as many picks as possible in order to start our rebuild and then we could flip a guy like gary harris or we could flip a guy like will barton going forward well and the, re- the reason that you do it is that it's it's easier for you to flip um gary after a good year and barton um than it is for you to flip just... There's only so many salary matches you can get for Bradley Beal. Sure. Um, But, again, I, I don't think that you're going to get him for just those two guys in picks. I think it's going to be MPJ you have to throw in. And the Nuggets, I don't believe, are willing to do that. So, let's say that they could get him without getting Murray, Porter, Jokic. Uh, that's unlikely, as we have already discussed. Sure, uh, but it's it's the Wizards that, too. So I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean they could they could do some crazy things. We don't we don't know. Uh, what does it that order what look like? Yeah. Does does the Nuggets offense like just look like so insanely good in that situation that they're automatically a championship contender? Uh, are they like the the Warriors on steroids with having four have the shots, elite man. offensive <laughs> options or or what are we talking about here? I, I I mean I don't know about, what do you think Zach because I don't think they have enough shots for Beal Murray MPJ and Jokic all in the same lineup and so I think you're gonna wind up with a lot of Jokic taking eight shots a game because he's like woo guys like who will not shoot and I don't want to shoot yeah for like, sure I mean you're not gonna say Jokic in that lineup is averaging like 16 points a game max yeah you know, that's and which might be fine because he might average also like 12 assists to go with it you know and and 12 rebounds and you didn't you'd be fine with that like you know I I could see. Uh, that that is it. I mean, that that lineup, Jokic probably aper- it makes Jokic triple happy. double. Like yeah. you know, it it certainly would be an interesting thing, and maybe that's not the worst thing. I, so that that in that way, there is probably enough shots to go around because your your best player doesn't want to take shots, and, <laughs> and the question becomes: I mean, for the Nuggets, that's always been the problem, right? They need Jokic to be aggressive to win. Like that's right. That's when they play their best. And, and the question is, well, so if you had uh, those other guys, if you got Bradley Beal and Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., like, do you feel comfortable that those guys taking the vast majority of shots and leaving Nikola with eight to ten shots a game, um, do you feel comfortable that that's going to be enough offense to get you over the hump? I think I, I think maybe it is, but it's it is somewhat of a philosophy change from what they're trying to do right now. Because right now they want they want Jokic to be putting up 15 shots a game and that's uh at least you know so that's that's not what what this would be and and that is going to take a bit of a shift um yeah like Beal's not like right. Gary Harris with you know 13 14 shots a game that's not it 
Beal is going to be out there getting his shots up. And I know that he shot a lot more recently because they didn't have anybody else to shoot. But I, I don't know that, that that's going to go away. I would fully expect him and um, Murray to have some shootout competitions um, on the court. But and there's nothing wrong with that. You, you, if you have guys who can put it in the bucket, put it in the bucket. Like, I don't really care. But you've got, you're going to have to figure out how to get everybody happy with the shots that they're getting. But that, it, that does lead to the question of staggering lineups. Like, this team has never really done a great job of staggering their starters. Uh, that's no. something that the Warriors really perfected over the course of the last few years when they would stagger. They would have Curry and KD mostly play all of their minutes together, and then they would have Clay and Draymond play some of their minutes together, and then they would go through different combinations where those guys get different looks. I feel like the Nuggets could probably get away with a lot of that where, hey, uh, Beal comes out at the six-minute mark and then he plays the entire second and fourth quarters, uh, and most of that is with the bench, and he gets a lot of his shots that way. So I would be less concerned about the number of shots that guys are getting and more concerned about just are they are they happy? Are they, are they in a position where those shots are good? Are they good enough to be one of the top three offenses? Because you're not going to be a top three defense with that lineup. Right. And the nice thing about Beal, though, is that he can also run a bench lineup. Like, he's very much like Will Barton in the sense that he can be a, a point guard-esque player. He's had to be with John Wall out. Yeah, he's so, well-versed in that over the yeah, last Yeah, yeah, he's, he's used to being able to pass and shoot. He's he's gotten good at that over the last couple of years. So you, you have options that allow you to, to play those guys. Nobody's just a sh- shooting guard. And we've always said that Jokic needs, you know, two combo guards. You know, there's no sense having a point guard who can't shoot or a shooting guard who can't handle the ball. Like, you might as well get both because neither of them has to be great at handling the ball because Jokic is going to be your primary point guard. Um, and in that sense, both of the both Murray and Beal can both handle the ball. They can both shoot the rock. Um, I mean, it's fun if you can do it without giving up Michael Porter and, like, a million picks. Yeah, so I, that's where I'm at with it. Like, if you can do it, then you probably do it. Like, even if you have to give up three first-round picks in order to do it, I think that that's the chance that you have of putting together a team that has that much talent going you forward get is better. very unlikely. Like, like yeah, there's, it's well, very unlikely that, that you can put together that level of group ever again. And it gives you it gives you the next couple years without having to rely on Michael Porter Jr. having to be somebody who can handle it right now. You know, who can handle um, the scoring load, the game load. We don't even know um, what it is he's able to do on a on a nightly basis if he's pulling 30 minutes a night, you know, for 82 games. We haven't seen it. We don't know. But you don't have to worry about that now if you have Beal on the team. You can just let Michael Porter Jr. settle in. You don't have to run him ragged. And um, if he turns out to be the scorer that you think that he is, then great. Like, you have so much talent, it's ridiculous. And then at the end of Beal's contract, you're probably not re-signing Beal and you're moving that money to Porter, but you've gotten these years in the middle to take your swings at a title. And I've always said for the Nuggets, I, I dislike the idea that they're planning on, like, the one year to really go for it to be, like, Jogic's last year of his deal. I dislike that plan. You've built enough. Go get it done. And then let the rest of these guys grow into it. Um, and so they can take over the next wave at that point. But yep. Beal makes it so you can go ahead and compete now. And that's, I don't see why you, if you could do it and keep all your all your big guns and just give away powder, 
then I don't see why you don't do that. Uh, great. Let's move into some of the other star names that I listed here. Uh, I know Drew Holiday is Gordon's guy, but I'm going to start with Zach. Uh, I was very much in the rumors that they were trying to get Drew Holiday at the deadline this past uh, trade deadline. Uh, if they were, if they didn't have to give up too much, is that somebody that you would still target? He's on a one-year deal and then a player option in 2021. Yeah, I think so. When we talk about if you're not going to have to give up too much, I think again we're talking if you're not giving up Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. to get him, uh, because I would not uh, do that. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is a tough. It's a, kind of a tough choice, I think. But I think ultimately you would you would want to stick with MPJ because of the contract. Um, like you mentioned, you th- this could ultimately just be a rental if you were to. Um, if you were to trade for him at this point, I like what Drew Holiday brings from a standpoint of defense. And so, if you're giving up a guy like Gary Harris, then I think you basically are getting Gary Harris, but just with improvement on offense, consistency on offense, sure. and more more creation with the ball in his hands. Uh, so that's that's a uh, something that is certainly an upgrade and would make the team better. Is it like a Bradley Beal scenario where you're talking like, Hey, if we can get this guy, we probably are going to be right. You start getting into that conversation of being a finals contender. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's close. Drew holiday is, I mean, he, he fits a lot of, of holes or, or at least it makes your backcourt really solid. You feel really good about that unit, but you're still, lacking on size in the wings he doesn't help you anywhere there and that part makes it i think for me tough to be like okay getting him is a is a must do if you if you can give up gary harris or or will barton um and and some you know some uh other smaller pieces or 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 a pick you know then then i guess yeah i'd probably i'd probably do it but anything more than that then then i don't think it'd be worth it well that's where you run into trouble like it's I I am a Drew Holiday guy. I have been for years. I I thought he would play wonderfully next to Jokic. Um, he's a much better defender um, at point guard, especially. Um, but the Nuggets already bought in on Murray, so now you're adding him to be a like a backup point and uh and your scoring guard, your shooting guard. Um, and he has some of the same passivity scoring that Gary Harris can have sometimes. Um, but he's he's more consistent than Gary has been the last couple of years. Um, but he, like you said, he has the same size issues. He's not six 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 seven out there at, at at the shooting guard. You know, in that sense, Will Barton is a bigger shooting guard um, who has also shown defensive aptitude this year. Who also can score and play backup points. So what? How are you doing better other than paying a bunch more money to have Drew Holiday do it than to have Will Barton play the the shooting guard for you? Like that's that's where you're at. How much better is he going to make you for the price that you pay for him? Well, I think when you get down to it, Drew Holiday is a first or second team All Defense guy, and Will Barton just will never be that guy. And he's also. I think he's older than Drew Holiday, which is people don't really think about that that often. But Will Barton this year was in his age twenty nine season, and Drew Holiday was in his age twenty nine season. So, yeah, they're the same age or ish. Yeah, ish. Uh, 
those guys are going to be pretty similar in terms of their aging curve, but the difference is that Drew Holiday has already proven that he is a top-tier defender. He's a phenomenal defender. That's what I loved about him. Yeah. Yeah, and that he can play off ball. So when you talk about the combo guardness of Bradley Beal and why it doesn't make sense for Denver to have defined positions in that realm— Right. Drew Holiday is a great fit there, especially with Jamal Murray, because both of those guys can handle the ball and both of those guys can shoot off of it. Both I agree of them with that. can be decent cutters. Uh, Holiday will defend the opposing team's best perimeter player, and Murray will defend the other guy. And, right. Yeah, I mean, you, you just got to. That's how it goes. Like it is, I guess. But That's how it goes. In, in this day and age where teams are loading up on star wings and forwards, the. The dirty little secret is that you can actually hide Murray. Like, there there aren't a lot of teams where he's actually abused by. Like, for example, against the Clippers, you let him defend uh, Pat Beverly. And you say, hey, Drew Holiday, we're going to have you defend Paul George and just harass him as much as possible. Now, could that be an issue? Sure. But we'll see what happens. I, I still think that that's a good fit against 28 teams in the NBA. You're and, not making an argument for me. Like I think, yeah. I think that Drew is a is a great player. I told you, I, I've been a, I'm on Team Drew, and I have been for a long time. Um, you just have to figure out how much better he makes you, and how you plan to let him make you better, because he's not going to be out there shooting a bunch of shots. He's not Bradley Beal, who's going to be chucking up 25 shots a game. You know, that's yeah. that's not going to happen. He's he's going to be out there. He'll score some. Some nights he'll score a lot. Some nights he'll have six points, eight points. And, and like that's. I mean, the thing that comes that it comes down to for me too with him still is even though he is such a great defender, like is he's not in my eyes that huge of an upgrade on defense. It's a small upgrade, but he's not that big of an upgrade over Gary Harris, and he's the same size. If you if Drew Holiday right. was six seven as a shooting guard small Agreed. forward combo, and you're like, hey, we want to bring him in at shooting guard, but we're also going to be able to slide him over at six seven and put him on LeBron James. Then I'm like, okay, yeah, let's. I, I can I can give up Gary Harris for him, but without the the extra length on the wings, it's like we we already kind of have that 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 best guard stopper in Gary Harris, and he does a pretty good job at it. So you get like you get the offensive upgrade with Drew Holiday, but is it like Gordon says? How much better does it really make you, and is it worth what you'd have to give up to get him? Well, Drew is basically Will Barton and Gary Harris together. He's the right. combination yep. of those two players. So you have those Which is two a good players, player. and it's yeah, it's a good player. But you're taking up you're taking up two slots to have them now, and he is that in one person. So you don't have to worry about oh, I have to pull off my offensive minded guard for my defensive minded guard, and you know what I mean. You don't have to worry about that stuff. So he helps you there because he combines those two sorts of skill sets. The question is what you pay to get that. Because they're paying about the same price. Like you could, you could technically trade Barton and Gary Harris for Drew Holiday, right? Which you know. I think is definitely in the realm of possibility. If you, if I told you that the Nuggets traded Barton, Harris, and Bull uh, Bull and the twenty twenty first round pick for Drew Holiday, is that an overpay? I don't like having to throw Bull Bull in there. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's only about- we we all we all we all love Bull Bull. The problem is, Denver Nuggets fans love guys they haven't seen play yet. So we love Bull Bull. What if I said? Uh, well, actually, and here's the thing: Bull Bull is probably the the prototypical person to play next to Zion Williamson at, at his peak. So, 
Uh, that's one of the, ball ball the is, reasons yeah, for Yeah, they that. would want Ball Ball. You're not wrong. They would definitely ask for Ball Ball. And if you're, if you're the Nuggets, can you stomach giving that up in order to put together Murray, Drew Holiday, Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, and Nikola Jokic? Or not Gary Harris, Jeremy Grant, excuse me. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a, it's a I like it, but move. he doesn't. Yeah, you'd have to do it. I mean, you're not going to let Ball Ball uh, hold up a deal. Right. Uh, but it would it was just like can we give him can we give him K to Bates the op instead or <laughs> well this is this is the problem that you have is there are, the, the Nuggets have done themselves uh, I don't know that it's a disservice but they've made life harder on themselves by having a bunch of good players who are all about the same level of good like you've got Gary Harris and Will Barton and you know you have these guys you have Jeremy Grant who's good like uh, how many All Stars do they have one. How many All-Pros do they have? One. So the cool question you have is how do you get more top-heavy so that you can do better in the playoffs? Um, how do you, when the rotations go small, you don't want to have 11 good players. You want to have, like, five amazing players. And then the right yep. role players. And you would still have Monte Morris on the roster. You could... Bring back Tory Craig For year. or Paul Millsap yeah. or guys like that. Uh, still have PJ Dozier. Uh, you give up Bull Bull, yeah. but like I mean, you still have Nikola freaking Jokic. So I think you're probably going to be okay right. at center. <laughs> you'll you'll um, survive at center. Yeah, uh, like I said, so, it's not bad. It's it's a it's a play that makes you better. But I don't know that it's a play that makes you fifty percent better. How much right. better does it does it make the team? I I would you'd probably have to do it. Um, as long as you're not giving up too many future assets. But um, I can see it doesn't solve your size problem. Although since you've kept MPJ, he's your size mismatch. You don't have a guard size mismatch. You don't necessarily have somebody who can guard Paul George, but they don't have anybody who can guard you know, a 6'10", 6'11", wing who can shoot from three either. Well, they've got Kawhi Leonard. They could probably make it work. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, either way, let's let's move on to another star, uh, one who is, and we're gonna talk about should, three uh, new guys before. Hey oh, Ryan, should we should we take a break? Uh, sure. Do you want to? Ryan doesn't want to take any breaks. I'm Ryan just saying, like you haven't gone to break, and we're already 26 oh. minutes in. So. Oh, I have I have plenty of other names to talk about that I'm gonna go rapid fire. But yeah, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will break down the other three star names that I've got, and then some other non-star names. We'll be right back. We're back. This is the Denver Stiff Show. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, of course, joined by Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross. Guys, we spent a long time talking about Bradley Beal and Drew Holiday, probably the two most common names associated with the Nuggets from a trade perspective. I think we put together some interesting packages, some good some good ideas there. Uh, let's talk about three others, and then I'm going to ask you to rank all five in terms of uh, their viability and, and how much you like specific deals. Uh, let's talk about Zach Levine, though, because Arturis Karnasovas just went to Chicago. He is in place there, and we don't know what he's going to do with that roster. We don't know if he likes Zach Levine, if he likes Kobe White, Laurie Markkinen, Wendell Carter. There's a lot of different ways that situation could go. And 
there has been some speculation that Zach Levine could be a guy that Denver might be interested in. My question to you is, are you interested in Zach Levine? Let's start with Zach. Uh, well, a great first name. So that's always... System of greatness. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think Zach Levine's actually a little bit underrated. I th- well, at least it's hard to say. He was. I felt like he was underrated right there at the end of his time in Minnesota. Then he gets traded and, and gets hurt. So it, uh, we, but he's been he's been kind of showing a little bit of a, a little bit of a comeback in terms of getting back from that injury and starting to get back to that old form. And I, I he gives you I think something in a way of scoring that you're obviously not getting out of Gary Harris. Um, he's like kind of maybe like a, a rich man's Will Barton, I guess in a way. Uh, obviously, if I think Rich uh, would, I think Will would disagree with that. But yeah, yeah, well, yeah. But I mean, I I mean that's just the way I think. I think he's just a little more gives you a little more consistent scoring. But I don't know if it's necessarily like something you you need. I mean, again, it's not. There's not a ton of uh, help in terms of size. I mean, he's Zach a little part sized. He's, yeah, he's he's, he's six, a little six. bit bigger. Yeah, he's yeah. a little bit bigger than Gary Harris. You're you're a little bit more of a classic um, shooting guard size. He's way guy. more athletic. Let's, yeah, for sure, and and he seems to be, and he seems to have recovered from his injury well enough to that that his athleticism hasn't been, um, hasn't been hurt too much by. It. I mean, you know, he he'll obviously get get people excited when he when he's out there on the fast break, and 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 he can win you some games. I feel like though he's like there's someone like a little bit of that like J.R. Smith in them that he might also just shoot you out of some games as well, and that's. <laughs> Kind I, of the, I can't the argue with that. I, have, I haven't thought about that before, but he does remind me a little of JR right. when he gets right. on his run. Yeah. Which is both good and bad. You don't necessarily yeah. want that from yeah. somebody who you're relying on exceptionally. But let me throw a stat out there for you. The leader in three-pointers attempted per 100 possessions for Denver this year was Malik Beasley at 10.7. He, of course, yeah. is gone. The next highest is 8.3 with Jamal Murray. Zach Levine this year attempted 11.23s per 100 possessions. I believe it. He got well, those three-pointers. He's a little better three-point shooter. Well, he's, he, he's, better, he's better at it than Jamal Murray is currently. He's a better three-point shooter, which I would not expecting. If you told me that, as like, on draft day, right? you know, I would not have believed that that was going to be the case because I did not like um, – I did. I did not trust Zach Levine's three-point shot, but he's I proven did. that he's I, very I good. He's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he's he's turned into somebody who you can really rely on from yep. a floor spacing and athleticism standpoint. Not necessarily. Well, it makes as it hard passer. too because when he fakes that stuff, you know he's going to shoot all those threes. Yeah. So when you know he's out there at the three-point one, you have to hustle up and hit him because he's going to be out there, and he can run right by you. He's very that that kid is very springy. Let's put it that way. He's very very springy. So, two two part question here. Uh, first of all, if the Nuggets can get him without giving up Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., do you try it? The second part question is, how can you make the defense championship caliber in that situation? I'll start again with Zach. It's tough to make the defense championship caliber because you're probably giving up Gary Harris, right? I mean, with. Uh, their their contracts are pretty similar, the two of them. So it would be Gary Harris and, um, you know, you could have filler. Then I don't, I don't know. Maybe is it Monty Morris or is it? It would like, be somebody. You... It would be somebody Carnosovas really wants. 
Like yes, somebody who's like, not getting minutes. Is it, or, is it you know, Monty Morris? Yeah. Is it? Um, that's probably the could guy. Could be Vlaco. Could be. Um, yeah, but I don't know if Vlaco's enough sweeter. I don't know if PJ like that's yeah. I mean, I I feel like it's a guy that like is a, is a rotation guy that is is a you know a guy who's back up backing up right now and could be a starter and so that really that really to me feels like Monty Morris would be his guy though the Bulls yeah, don't necessarily need the point guard right because they have isn't that what I mean Kobe White's their point guard so um, yeah that's gonna be interesting um, but I think your point's well taken is that I don't know if there's necessarily a deal for Zach Levine right that makes sense. I don't know if Zach Levine should be the guy that the Nuggets want anyway because he seems like the prototypical, hey, I'm going to put up big numbers because I'm a great offensive player, but defense is never going to be something that I want to do. And if you if you put him in a situation like Denver, it's just probably not going to work with him, especially next to Jamal Murray, who, while I, I do like and appreciate and I think he's gotten better on defense, he's still not going to be a massively positive defender Especially when he has it's to just not his the game. opposing team's yeah. best guy. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not a defensive stopper. He gives effort. He's an effort defender. But he's he's not going to be out there, like, you know, shutting down point guards in the playoffs. That's not his thing. Neither um, of them. So are we out on Zach Levine? I, I wouldn't. I don't think there's a trade that you can make that's in Denver's favor for Zach Levine. Right. I think I, I'm not necessarily out on Zach Levine as a player or even as a, as a, a guy who could find a spot for with the Nuggets, but it's just it, it's sort of like even the Drew Holiday issue, even even more so though. It's like, does he really improve you? Um, and it's sort of like kind of like shuffling some stuff around with what you would give up. Uh, well, and Drew, would Drew's would they? A, yeah, Drew Drew's a, a Malone guy. Like, right? Yeah, exactly. Levine would probably not be a Malone guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so issue. no. So shit. I mean, if you if you're looking at your coach and you're trying to help your coach out, like. You can't keep giving the man a bunch of offensive guys who can't play defense. Like if you if you yeah. care about what Malone cares about, you know, which is defensive principles and playing the game the right way and all that stuff, then you're going with Drew. You're not going with Zach Levine. I find it hard to were, believe that Zach would fit. If you were trading for Zach Levine to be your sixth man, then I'd be all about it. But like that's that's not what you do. That's not it. Yeah. Yeah. He and he's. Honestly, he's overqualified for that role. Like as much as we right. want yep. to compare him to Jr., he's already better than Jr. ever was. So, right. Right. Um, okay, let's move on to another guy. What if I told you the Nuggets traded Gary Harris and Will Barton for Chris Paul? Let's start with Gordon. They traded who for Chris Paul? Gary Harris and Will Barton. Does that even work? Is like, is that enough money for? No, it's Chris not Paul? enough money. It's close. It's like let's say you can you can. I haven't plugged it into the trade machine. Like let's let's, let's just do that real quick. I was like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, do you understand how how? I was I was like, I'm gonna need is. another. I'm gonna need another name on there, buddy friend. Gary Harris, Will Barton. Does that work? Um, so technically, the Nuggets need another 136k that they need to add. <laughs> So, like so they would just so, have to add in a yeah PD. So they add in Vlaco Chanchar. Let's call it that. Sure. No, I'm a totally <laughs> this deal. Zach's immediately <laughs> out on this trade. Uh, no trade for Zach. But the the point still stands. Chris Paul, if they could find a way to get him without giving up their main three guys, Murray, Porter, Jokic, uh, they keep Jeremy Grant in this scenario, of course, and that's your starting five going into the season. How good do you feel about that starting lineup as a championship contender? 
Uh, right? That's a that, that all depends on whether Chris Paul and Jokic get along. Like, Chris Paul has a reputation of... Um, yeah, that's how <laughs> I was going to say it. So, and now you're asking him to, like, cede some offensive control to the seven-foot, goofy Serbian center uh, rather Ooh. than just playing like Chris Paul would normally play, which yeah. is with the ball in his hands all the time. Yeah, and, that's, and the other thing about Chris Paul is, like, yeah, I mean, you know, the seven-foot Serbian center who on his day, days off wants to, you know, sit around and watch Pokemon for five hours. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that is not the way Chris Paul operates. Like, this is... Uh, there's gonna be some style differences. There's some some clashing personalities. I think it would be interesting to see. Like on the court, I think he, I think he would do a lot for you. He'd, um, I think he'd give you I would love to some have attitude. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. I think he'd he'd be a great guy to to really show Murray to channel Murray's um, own same kind of mentality into being the best that Murray could be. Like he would be really helpful. You'd be super small in your backcourt, which would be tough. Yeah, but Chris Paul is such a good defender, though. Right, yeah, exactly. It's more about, like, it just gets harder to hide Murray because against bigger, you can't put Chris Paul on big shooting guards. Like, he, no, he no. doesn't matter how good a defender he is. He's no, just Chris Paul is a point guard defender, yeah. Yeah, so, like, so you, it, you start idea, to have trouble there. The idea would be to bring in Chris Paul for the next two years. That's how long his contract is. I know it says he has a player option for year two, but he's going to pick up that player he's option. Good, yeah, he'll take that up. Uh, I, think he'll, I think he'll run with that to the bank. That's $44.2 million, FYI. Uh, if you had that starting five for the next two years, I think you feel pretty good about making a conference finals in at least one of them. Now, if you, if you want to say, hey, we – don't think we can make a championship with that particular group. Maybe, maybe you're right. I mean, hey, LeBron James is probably the only guy who's ever gonna. But you didn't give anything a, up. Make a finals run, right? And exactly, yeah, like, like it's you, Gary you, you didn't, you didn't give Barton. up anything that you thought you were gonna need for your next championship run. That's why I'm not sure that you can get him for that. Like, if you're giving me that price, then I have trouble. Even though I have reservations about like old point guards learning how to play Jokic ball. Um, or being willing, like Chris Paul can learn anything he wants. It's a matter of whether he wants to do that. So at some point, I think they need to give the keys to Shea and just say, hey, we're going to go with you. We're going to use all of these picks that we've accumulated to draft every player under the sun and or trade for pieces around you. I think that Gary Harris and Will Barton could potentially be fits on that roster. Uh, as guys who could maybe bridge the gap between some younger players. Maybe both of them could start. Uh, maybe instead of bringing back Danilo Gallinari, they decide, hey, we're going to go with those three guys, Shea, Gary Harris, and Will Barton, and Steven Adams, and find a power forward, and we can still make the playoffs with that particular configuration. I don't know if they can. I don't know if that's good enough, and the Nuggets may be getting the better end of that deal, but that's why I proposed it anyway. Yeah, it's um, you know, I I don't we know that the Thunder didn't necessarily trade for Chris Paul for anything other than that they wanted to get something for Russell Westbrook, um, but like I I don't think there's any any misconceptions here. They 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 tried to move on from Chris Paul from the before the season even started, and they couldn't because that contract is ridiculous. And, right, uh, and then he had a really good year, uh, and and proved that he he still got some some something left in the tank. So. I think from from Oklahoma City side, I, I could see it. Like I could see how that's 
a scenario. It is a pretty good value buy. The, the question is, um, I think the other question is, is w- with the cap scenario potentially being, uh, you might have some cap contraction coming. Right. Like, man, that that, that contract gets, yeah. yeah, that that contract, the Chris Paul's contract gets really rough in that final year. You get out of it after that. I guess you see what happens, but whew, yeah, but then you're giving the, the thing is you're giving a lot of that to MPJ the following year if he works out, right? Like the idea is the nice thing about Chris Paul is that his money winds up with MPJ. Like you've got two years of Chris Paul, and then MPJ gets paid, and you just roll your money. But you're going to have to accept the fact that you're going to be a multiple time salary tax player. Can you like? Can you sell that to the Cronkies? Can you say, "Hey, look, we're going to be a contender for this amount of time, and then we're immediately going to roll into that star that you always want us to play"? Uh, we're going to give him a max contract, and we're going to roll with Murray, Jokic, and Porter for the next few years. I think you can sell that. I think if you could squeeze under the tax for one of those years to avoid the repeater, then you're probably okay. But the the Cronkies have avoided the tax for a while. And it's it's probably coming time to pay the piper at some point if you want a championship contender. Sure, I mean that's you would think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> Doesn't mean they're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Again, I mean, and you know we don't know what the economic stuff is going to be for Stan. <laughs> how overloaded he is with all the LA stuff. How much coronavirus impacts what he's trying to do with the retail stuff he's doing around. He may only the be LA worth Stadium. a dozen billion instead of you know like. I uh, yeah. <laughs> well, look, they, the, the, the Nuggets have made money all the all the time. They appreciate in value. They. You know. Positive. Yeah, I mean they, they they they've never taken a loss even in the in the tough years. They're um, in the black. Yeah, they've they they live there. in the black. So it's not that they don't have oh, the yeah. money that they haven't banked the money. It's whether they're willing to use the money for the Nuggets, and not for whatever other projects they have. Yeah, so that's where this this discussion kind of comes to a screeching halt. So I, yeah, I, I think I think that and you would if if they get Paul, then yeah, that would be them saying yes, we're ready for that. Cool. Uh, one last one, and then I'm going to ask you guys to rank all five of these guys in terms of what you think is the best value. Uh, Victor Oladipo. We talked about him, Gordon, uh, before coming on this podcast, and you mean the when question I with him yes. is can he stay healthy? And the other question is, would Indiana part with him if he was able to stay healthy? I think the answer is probably no, but it's at least will. It's at least worth kicking the tires around just in case they say, "Hey, we have oh, Malcolm Brogdon, we've got Demonte yeah. Sabonis. If we trade Miles Turner for another star wing, do we need like do we need Victor Oladipo, and could we just trade him and try to rack up some additional value to find that other star?" Well, the problem is, is like, what are you trading for him? Like, in this scenario, you're trading an injured Oladipo, you know, who hasn't had a chance to really prove himself, if you're getting him this offseason, to prove that his health is fully back. He showed flashes last year. But are you willing to sell low on Oladipo? And I don't think they are. I don't think they have to. Right. You know, and so that's... I don't see how you get him for low value unless they are very concerned about his medicals. Right. Yeah. And if they are, then, then you should be. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then then it, it goes both ways. I mean, I like if, if Victor Oladipo is back to the Victor Oladipo of, of 2017, 2018, then he's you know he he's on on that same tier as like a Bradley Beal of of a guy who can um, immediately kind of put you into at least being a in that finals conversation and championship conversation. Uh, he's he's a better than I think Drew Holiday when he was uh, healthy, but he gives you he'll give you that same defensive boost. Um, yeah, he doesn't have the size, but yes. Right, exactly. He's still, still go getter, right? Yeah, um, uh, and and he, but he's he's got the offensive end is is you know phenomenal, and he would give you something that uh, you don't really have right now, which is a quick somebody who who can give you penetration, um, dribble penetration from the perimeter uh, as like their number one skill, right? Like Jamal Murray is not a guy who beats a ton of people off the dribble to get right. to the lane, and. And nobody, MPJ maybe can do it, and he takes him like a step and a half, and he's there. But like he's still obviously got a lot of work too. Like Victor Oladipo will do that all day long. Yep. Um, and that gives my, you that extra element. Is, well, as far as trade scenarios, let's say the Donovan Mitchell, um, Rudy Gobert thing isn't patched up. Would Utah be willing to trade Donovan Mitchell for? Victor Oladipo? Because oh, yeah. I think that works out better for them and that gets you more what Victor is worth. Yeah, I mean, I think Indiana would do it for sure or, or at least that, that would definitely entice them more. I think if you're if you're Utah, you have a... Um, if your hand was forced, I guess, yeah. Then if, if the situation was untenable, then, you, then, then yeah, I could see them going that way. I really feel like you have to trade Rudy if you're, uh, if you're Utah in that situation, right? I don't it's know if you do. It's harder to replace Rudy, though. So, uh, if you could get, if you felt good about Victor Oladipo, that would be a nice, you know. Just and you're doubling down on defense there. Swap. Like at that yeah. point, you've got Oladipo as your defender and Gobert as your defender, and you're out there like cutting people up. With Joe Ingles no, out there on the. We're talking about the. We're talking about the wrong position. <laughs> would you trade Rudy Gobert for Miles Turner and and a couple of pieces from Indiana's <laughs> side? <laughs> yeah, I mean, take Miles Turner obviously is not not. The same level as as Oladipo when when at his uh, peak, so um, you'd have to give him a little extra teams, pieces. But both teams would consider that. But either way, not Nuggets yeah. related. Uh, right. well, yeah, but I'm saying uh, if, if they're, they're going to get other offers, if Oladipo's on the market, they're not going to make the mistake that some other teams have made, where you trade a guy and you're like, "What the hell? Right? Why got, didn't you call me? We could have got Donovan Mitchell instead. We got stuck with Gary Harris. So. I see what you're saying. Um, I I think they would be a little bit more willing to listen to an offer from Denver than you guys seem to think. I also think that Utah is definitely not parting with Donovan Mitchell for an injury-ridden Victor Oladipo. Uh, they think that Donovan Mitchell can be really good, and I don't know if he's going to be really good, but he's at least going to be good. So Victor Oladipo could walk away from them from the Utah Jazz, who have a strong history of not being able to keep those kinds of players. Um, and he could do that Who doesn't love Salt Lake? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the whitest place on earth. Uh, I'm, that's probably not appropriate, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> that's what the, that's what the players who've been in the NBA with them say, so yeah. 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 Um, but either way, like I, I think that it's if it's at least possible, let's say let's say they're willing to do that deal. Let's say it's it's Gary and it's a 
one of those other pieces, like let's say it's Bull Bull and it's two first round picks. Like, is that a better deal for Denver than any of these other deals? Um, yeah, it's tough, but, uh, cause it, it, I, I think about Bradley Beal and that one being the other one. Like it's, uh, if you, you'll, you'll definitely get Victor Oladipo probably cheaper though. So like, yeah, I, Depot Depot's cheaper than Beal. Right. Out of any of the guys that, that we've gone through, I, I, to me, he would be the one I would be most interested in. I just don't know that, that Indiana would be willing. Uh, yeah. I, I can't see him getting out of Indiana. Like I literally laugh when you brought it up because he's such a perfect Nate McMillan player. Well, the like, reason why I brought it up in general was just because they had discussed a an extension, couldn't come to terms. He's wanting a max contract, and if he feels slighted by them, then he's probably one step closer to demanding a trade and saying, "Hey, I don't want to be here in Indiana anyway." So, right, like, let me at least go win a championship somewhere, or at least try. Like, because I don't know how close Indiana actually feels with him as a as a championship contender. Like, they still can't defend. Giannis. They're, they're missing pieces. They are missing pieces. Yeah. But, okay, but Gary Harris doesn't exactly bring them the missing pieces. Let's rank all of those one to five then. Uh, the five names were Bradley Beal, Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Chris Paul, and Victor Oladipo. In terms of your interest in terms of the price, uh, how much that player would add, uh, kind of every factor involved, how would you rank those players from one to five? Uh, start with Zach. So yes, Zach, I would we'll go. I'm gonna I'm gonna count down because that's that's how we do lists, Brian. You gotta mm, okay. You gotta build the anticipation. Um, at five for me would be Zach Levine, uh, just because of all the the reasons we said. At number four, yeah, this is where it starts to suck. <laughs> I would actually probably say at number four, I'm gonna go Drew Holiday. Number three, wow. Chris Paul. Number two, Victor Oladipo. Number one, Bradley. Gordon, that's my list. Wow. That's insane to me. That's insane. I think that Drew Holiday is vastly underrated in this conversation here. Uh because I, I, you know me, I'm a I'm a Drew Holiday guy. He's a he's if you believe in Michael Porter Jr. like I do, then he can be your fourth option. He can be your fourth option offensively, somebody who handles the ball but is more of a distributor at this point than a scorer. Jamal Murray's your scorer. Michael Porter Jr. is your scorer. Uh, Drew Holiday can be a facilitator. Nikola Jokic is a facilitator and scorer. I feel like that fits the best. I would actually put that as my top one. I would go, let's go backwards. Zach Levine, five. Victor Oladipo, four, because of the injury concerns. Uh, Chris Paul, three. Bradley Beal, two. Drew Holiday, one. I honestly think that because of how gettable I think Drew Holiday could be, He's in potentially the last year of his contract, could opt out at the next year. I think that he is gettable, and the Nuggets could offer Harris, Barton, and a first-round pick and probably be pretty reasonable in terms of getting in a response from the New Orleans Pelicans. Maybe. I mean, and that's, yeah, maybe. If we're, I wasn't really considering, I guess, price, but um, I don't know. I just well, That's one of the factors, sir. Well, yeah, but but even then, your package for Oladipo or Drew Holiday, or even just because you're gonna have to put together enough salary to get him, Chris Paul, like, um, dude, you keep Will Barton in this scenario where you're getting for freaking Victor Oladipo. Yeah, it, it's like <laughs> you're you're telling me you would rather have Drew Holiday 
than Victor Oladipo and Will Barton. Uh, yeah, I guess I did say that. Um, okay, yes, that's fine. where I'm at. <laughs> okay, let's say, let's say you have to give up <laughs> We've talked him back out of it. Uh, well, yeah, but yeah, well, but you're changing the rules on us here. Okay, um, fine. Let's 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 say all all deals equal, like every everything equal except the Bradley Beal deal, where you have to give up a, an arm and a leg in order to get him. Well, then I would, yeah. If well, if we're, if we're talking arm and legs, we're talking Michael Porter Jr. or uh, Jamal Murray. Then, like, yeah, let's. I I probably just pass. I guess on Bradley Beal. Um, and so then it would be, it would still be Oladipo for me, but I, I get the injury concerns, but I'm not, I guess I'm just, I'm just, I'm just betting he's going to be all right. And that, and that you're going to get a, uh, I think he's the, if, if he's healthy, he's the best player out of the four that the other four that are on the list. Okay. The only question you have with, um, with Victor is if you can pay him, but you have the yeah. same problem with, with, yeah, with Drew, know, Drew or. Like Drew's gonna want another twenty something million dollars a year. You know? You're gonna like get rid of Chris Paul at the end of that deal. So you don't have him at all. But for the other ones, if you want to keep them more than two years, you're paying. Yeah, right. if Drew Holiday wants to come back, I think that's that's definitely a, a good problem to have. Uh Victor Oladipo wants to come back, it's a good problem to have. And if you have to pay the luxury tax, then you have to pay the luxury tax. Or you can make a choice between any of those three players outside of Jokic and say, okay, of these other three players, who are the two most important and who should we trade? Um, right. And it could be Jamal. Maybe Jamal's the guy that you can live without. But but I don't I don't think you can, can turn down, like, if you get the opportunity to get a defender who can also score, I think that's what Denver needs. And so you're looking at Drew, you're looking at, I mean, Chris Paul's a defender who can score. Right. Yeah. Who's the know? best clutch scorer in the NBA this year? Uh, Nikola yeah. Jokic could have a, a claim to that, but Chris Paul actually statistically led. So there is some there is some intrigue there. Uh, let's take another break. When we come back, I'm going to do rapid fire with you guys on other names, and we will talk about our most likely 2020 starting lineup. We'll be right back. Denver Stiff Show here, Ryan Blackburn with Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross. Final segment. I'm going to go rapid fire on this because we spent a lot of time talking about these stars, which it's a smart conversation to have because it needs to be talked about in depth. Like those guys are, if you trade for one of those guys, it's a franchise altering move, I would say. Uh, well, and the Nuggets, the Nuggets have to be looking at that. They have to be looking at that. They will be. And I, I think we, we can safely assume that they are in the market for several trades and we don't know which of those they're going to do but i have to guess that at least some of those propositions are dealing with the players above so let's talk about some other players i'm going to go rapid fire on these and i want you guys to say stop if you want me to stop on a specific name and we could talk about them you go ready sure okay spencer dinwiddie buddy healed Otto Porter. Aaron uh, Gordon. Otto's tough for me. Yeah, stop on Otto, because we there's a okay. 
there's some version where because he's been injured for two years, you don't have to pay free for that guy. Right. You're taking a bet, obviously. But you could get him, not for a song, because he's still expensive, because he's overpaid right now. So but you can work something out. I he helps you a... on your wings, right? I mean... <clears throat> Probably. He would, he would be a good fit. And even if he wasn't a starter, if he was your sixth man in that situation, he could play next to MPJ. He could play next to Jeremy Grant. Uh, maybe you play big with all three of those guys in the same lineup. That's a... That's an interesting proposition. Uh, let me throw out a package at you guys that I think makes some degree of sense. Uh, actually, you can't do it with him because he's going to be a restricted free agent. But uh, for the sake of the conversation, let's say that they let's say that they could work a sign and trade with this player, Chris Dunn and Otto Porter for Gary Harris and Will Barton. Um, Chris Dunn is intriguing. I don't know why I'm still intrigued, but I mean. But he would give you some uh, a defensive guy. Uh, I you'd add a lot of perimeter defense with that deal, so it's it's definitely intriguing from that from that angle because that's that's where uh, the Nuggets could use some help, and you would you would certainly get it with those two guys. Yeah, the problem is, like you said, he's a restricted free agent, so that's not yeah. That's not you likely. have to sell him on it. That's for sure. Uh, you have to sell. <coughs> we hey, have to sell him on being to... a bench. Well, well, you have to sell he, him on the fact that he's never going to start for you because Jamal Murray's starting for you. Why? Why couldn't he start at shooting guard? Because he well, can't you shoot. You have to go to shoot for that. <laughs> Do you? Well, I mean, uh, the Nuggets aren't used to it, but yeah. I mean, it's usually my thing. Like, I, 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 I'm not a big fan of shooting guards who can't shoot. What, I mean, the guy, the guy can't hit a three-quarter to save his life. He can't space the floor. Like, you're talking about a player that... Um, I mean, he finally started scoring from, like, just two-point range this year, thank God. <laughs> but he was abysmal. Right. I mean, that's why like, he, he, got, he got traded. That, that's why Minnesota gave up on him, like, real yeah. quick. Because so, he can't put it in the basket. The hope would be that you could say, okay, we're going to give you a chance in our rotation. You could either be a starter if you shoot well, you're, or if you're not, you're going to be a bench player, you're going to be a bench defender, you're going to defend point guards going to play next to Monte Morris and we're going to figure it out with you. Uh, I think he's just an interesting prospect that if he were to work out and if he were to find his shot, then uh, you pair him with Jamal Murray and he's a guy that you could be comfortable putting the ball in his hands on occasion. Like he's a decent option. So either way, uh, would you guys, you wouldn't turn your nose up at that deal. No, I, I wouldn't turn my nose up at it. It would be, it would be, I would consider it. I'd a, want to pick from them. <laughs> <laughs> you might be able to yeah. get it, honestly. Like, if, yeah, if well, uh, he's making Otto Porter. Otto's making a crap ton of money. Like, yeah, yeah you can work that out for an asset. Yeah, but I, I uh, just, I, he's interesting to me. I don't think it would happen, but it's, it's still interesting. I can't get off Otto Porter. He's just an interesting fit for Denver. Always has been. Uh, okay, let's keep it moving. I'm going to do the same exact exercise. Aaron Gordon, J.J. Redick, Josh Hart, Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier. <laughs> He's not coming back to Denver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I wanted to throw that one in there because he'd actually be a decent fit at the shooting guard position, but just wouldn't provide a lot of defense. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., Kevin Love. 
Justin Holiday. Justin's interesting. Yeah, I would say that one's a little bit intriguing to me. I could, I could uh, be be at least. Open I like the holidays. What can I say? Holiday. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Hey, man, if you if you trade for Drew, you might be able to get Justin on a decently bargain contract. So, right. you probably that that would be a good be a good thing to experiment with. Like Justin, the only reason he's leaving Aaron Holiday in Indiana is if he could go play with Drew somewhere. So, might as well might as well at least kick the tires on it. I would say. Yeah, he's. I mean, he'd be a nice piece off your bench. You, you could, uh, you know, a guy who'd um, give you something in the way of at least if if this year, if this season is uh, has been real, a, a guy who's going to give you some some three point shooting off the off your uh, off your bench, give you a little bit of a length on the wings as well. There, it's he'd be a nice piece. I could, I would take him over Tory Craig. I guess if if that. I mean, that, and that's kind of what what you're talking about here in this scenario. Sure. Yeah, the problem is that Denver still has to consolidate some stuff. So yeah. my issue with adding guys is always that some guys have to go. More guys have to go than have to come back. Yeah, so in that situation, you would probably have to free up some space in the rotation for him. But let's say you're trading Harrison Barton in a Drew deal. Then you've got sure. Murray, you've got Drew, you've got MPJ, you've got Grant and Jokic. You've got Monte Morris off the bench, but who's your bench two? Who's your bench three? Like you're, right. you're at least it's Tory considering Craig, the right? fact that right. it's right now it's Tory Craig, or it could be PJ yep. Dozier as a as kind of a playmaking two. Uh, but at least it's at least interesting to me, and I think he would fit well. And if if uh, if Murray or Holiday Drew Holiday went out with an injury, then you could at least slide him into the starting lineup at the two and say, "Hey, don't suck," and and you'd probably be okay. <laughs> right. Um, okay, let's keep it moving. Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Frank Nilakina, Nemanja Bjelica, Rashawn Holmes. I would. I mean, yeah. If it'd be interesting to see if you could get if you could get Rashawn Holmes um, to be your backup center, then yeah, I would do that. I would do that all day long. That the would King be situation is. It's really interesting, the Kings' big man situation, because right now, they didn't start Marvin Bagley at all. Uh, but they used a second overall pick on him, and they picked him over Luka Doncic and Trey Young. So if you're in their situation, there's probably at least a little bit of pressure to figure out what you have with him. Uh, and Nemanja Bielica started the entire time, and Rashawn Holmes started before he got injured. Right. So I think, and the other guy that I have on that list is Harry Giles. Like, he's an interesting backup I was going to ask about that, but he's a free Nicole agent, Jokic right? as well. Yeah, he, he is a free agent. agent. Yeah, but you could probably get him. Yeah. You can't trade for him because they stupidly didn't ex- extend his deal. Right, yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What in the hell were you thinking? Yeah. Uh, but either way, like I think all three of those bigs from Sacramento, yeah. Bielitsa, Holmes, and Giles, there's at least a situation where you could get any of those three and say, hey, look, you're not going to start – but we've got Grant, we've got Jokic. If you guys could play with either one of those guys, then you're a pretty good fit. And I think Holmes could. Yeah, yeah, do any. I think he, I think he fits well next to Jokic. The only thing is, is he the? It's sort of do you run in that same problems when you have Jokic playing next to Mason Plumley, and that Rashawn Holmes is not going to space the floor for you in any way. Um, so you're gonna, you might limit yourself somewhat in in Jokic offense. Because the cutting lanes are not going to be as open if if you've got Rashawn Holmes playing next to him. It's true. Uh, yeah, but, but it's a secondary things... deal, so you're assuming you've already uh, you've already upgraded your offense. 
Like, if the Nuggets come out of this this trade, like, you know, summer with Rashawn Holmes as their only guy, we have other problems. Like, there are other things to discuss. Rashawn Holmes shot 63% from between 10 and 16 feet. Yeah, he's a pick-and-pop guy right now, which is surprising to me. That's insane. That's yep. just it's a bonkers number to me. Yeah. Um, like, he's, he's he's if Jokic is the best player on the short roll, uh, Rashawn Holmes is the second best player. He's uh, he's very good, and his touch is extremely good from that distance. He'd be a really fun backup. I think that the, the Nuggets guys would be pretty good because, I mean, Mason Plumlee is awful from that distance, and if you have somebody, you don't know if he's necessarily going to roll all the way to the rim, but he could get at least part of the way there. Like, 63% from that zone? Like, that's insane. Right. Um, well, it's an interesting option. Yeah. Okay, well, we've gone through all of the names that I have. Uh, I want to ask you guys one final question before we go. Give me your most likely 2020-2021 starting lineup. Not the one that you think they will... Not Oh, actually, well, the one that you think they will get to, but what's the most likely one based off of percentages right now? Well, it's got to be Murray, Barton, MPJ, Grant, Jokic, right? Zach, what I, do you think? I think, yeah, I would, uh, instead of MPJ, I might put Gary Harris in there, to be honest. So, <laughs> just just because of the balloon likely. factor. I yeah, think. exactly. Uh, I think it's actually different. I think it's Murray, Harris, Porter, Grant, Jokic. I think the reason why it's Harris is because they have to trade one of those two between Gary Harris and Will Barton, and they can't find a deal for Gary Harris. If they can't get a star, if they can't get somebody who they feel like is a legit upgrade over Harris, they're not going to be able to get somebody to take his contract. I think he's probably still on the roster. I think he's probably still there, which means you probably trade Will Barton. Probably trade him for for some pieces and, and break up that deal a little bit so you can fill out that back end of the rotation like we've been talking about. Uh, but I don't know. It, that's probably not the wisest decision, but it's the one that I think that they would get to. I, if they were, if they can't trade Gary Harris over the summer, I think they wait. Yeah, I, I, hope, he, I hope he turns it around. And so, yeah, they, they, they're hoping for him to turn it around so they can trade him at the deadline. Yeah. Or not. If he's great, if he turns it around, you don't have to trade him, but... And honestly, it's it's not the worst thing in the world because if he is the version that you think he can be, kind of your fourth or fifth option offensively, the guard defender. The Gary Harris from two years ago, yeah, he fits fine. Yeah, he fits. Or, well, not even two years ago because that is a higher usage Gary Harris, somebody who you probably don't need when Porter is out there, who you probably don't need when Grant is out there, who was like he's still a fourth or fifth option, but you need two of those guys. If Murray's going to take shots and Porter's going to take shots and Jokic is going to take shots, do you need 2017-18 Gary Harris? I think you probably could get away with 15-16 Gary Harris or 16-17 Gary Harris. Somebody who wasn't like a, a massive role guy. Okay, I guess, but it's a difference of like two shots. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Like, well, and that all depends on if um, Malone's going to up the pace, right? Like, if they're shooting more, then it doesn't matter. And if every possession's like 23 seconds and then shoot at the buzzer, then it matters. Right. Yeah. They better up the pace with Porter and Grant out there. Like, that just it <laughs> seems so. like it seems like the most logical thing to me. But 
whatever. Um, okay, that's all I have for this episode. Do you guys have anything that you want to talk about with regard to trades or any names that you, I mentioned or that you want to mention? I want to say this didn't last an hour. Yeah. Look, man. It was pretty close. <laughs> 107? That's not bad. We round down. We round down here. <laughs> yeah, come on now. At least it didn't last an hour and a half. There you go. That's true. <laughs> hey, we're baby steps now. Come on. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Denver Stiffs Show. Make sure to check out all of our stuff at denverstiffs.com. I've got some good stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks, so keep it tuned for that. Hopefully we get some news for the NBA season coming up because the Nuggets are going to open up their practice facility on Friday, May 8th, which is when you'll probably listen to this podcast. So see if we get some news from that. But in the meantime, we will see you guys next week. 